Hello and welcome to episode 1216 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, September 11th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I uh, had a nice weekend, you know. We are uh, we are football fans. We, we root for forlorn <laughs> squads, but hey, my boys took care of business on Thursday, which I was excited about on the Friday episode. Um, the commanders ended up winning, right? Yeah, yeah. Somehow yeah. we beat the struggled. We beat the way worst too team much in the league. Um, at home, y'all are at home uh, playing footsie with way too much with the Cardinals. Yeah. There, I'm sorry. We don't. We don't need to go too deep into football because uh, I know we got some football haters listening. That's fine. But yeah, y'all struggled way too much there. So yeah, nice baseball football weekend. You know, the fall you can you can kind of kind of taste it in the air a little bit, even here in Texas, where it's still uh, blazingly hot. It's at least getting a little bit lower at night and you can start to feel the fall a little bit in the air. So um, yeah, I had a pretty good weekend. How about yourself? Yeah, it was, it was all right. My brother-in-law, who's a big Niner fan, uh, invited like some friends over and stuff to watch the game. Um, uh, and the Niners, I mean, killed Pittsburgh. They like it was uh, Pittsburgh. And of course, I was, I was playing him in fantasy. And he only drafts Niners. So, so like, he got cooked? Uh, I mean, just got unbelievably cooked. Um, so. Ayuk and, and McCaffrey yeah. just owning Brock Purdy. Yeah, yeah he, he took pick. Brock Purdy in like the fourth round or third round. Way early. He could have gotten him 10 yeah. rounds later. Could've, literally. He could have got him off the waiver wire. And um, and he had Ayuk and McCaffrey and Kittle and like, yeah, and, and a bunch of Niners defensive players. It's a and, good it's a good team to, you know, overstock on, right? Like there's a lot of talent there, but, uh, you know, can always be rough if they yeah. have a bad, bad week. But anyway, let's talk some baseball and maybe we have to start with some, some football there, uh, on a high note because the baseball notes are not fun. And, and, and the first one's really, really frustrating, which can talk a little news and notes and then play a little hold and full with three big name starters that you might not be, um, considering start folding. But you might have to. You, you maybe should. You maybe should at least be benching them. So we'll get into that. A little bit of a quicker episode here on this Monday. Let's start with the Jason Dominguez injury, man. This sucks, dude. Uh, UCL injury looks like he's going to have to have TJ. Now, hitter TJ is a lot different. The one thing we have to be careful of doing, though, is taking Bryce Harper's, you know, damn, damn near miracle return, just yeah. amazing return, and applying that to other guys. Because we just don't know that anybody else is going to do that. Um, so we're looking at missed time next year, probably at least like what the first half of the season. I, I mean, there were reports that he may not miss much time at all. Um, you know, take I know, six but that, months. Again, that September. goes, that goes full Harper though. Doesn't it <sighs> to do that? He has to, he has to basically, Dominguez has to go the Harper route to be that, I, again, I know I'm it's gonna, quick. I'm going to guess he's back in May. Um, wow. I mean, he could. Again, Harper has changed the game here. I think the big difference, and one of the things we don't talk about with Harper, though, is he has not played the outfield, right? He is only exactly. playing first base. And, are and they, they don't have room for that in New York. I mean, is Rizzo coming back? Is he going to play first? I mean, I I guess they could. I don't think they're going to just teach Jason Dominguez first. Yeah. I, I don't see Maybe that at all. Maybe they teach Stanton first. I was going to say Stanton, but yeah. then again, that, you know, that brings me back to the classic uh, uh, Scott Hatterberg situation in Moneyball 
Like it's the easiest position. It is not an easy yeah. position, which is a worthy distinction to make. So I don't just think that, yo, this is going to be super easy and Stanton can just figure it out. So I don't know. Let, let's, let's spin it like this then with Jason Dominguez. Are you drafting him? Probably not. It, I mean, a lot of it depends on the price, but uh, what price are you paying? That isn't unrealistic. Obviously, last round, whatever. No shit. Outside of the top, but he ain't gonna go last round. Okay, but I don't think he'll go there. So you don't. So two hundred. That's in, that's into the fourteenth round of a fifteen teamer. Yeah, I don't think he'll go there. I I, th I think there's gonna be, especially if there's any good reports about like, oh, he's gonna, you know. Have fun with that, then. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not doing that. There's no shot. I mean, I think, fifty round draft and hold. I do not recommend if, if taking guys that. If you draft in the next month or two, you'll probably get them outside the top three hundred, and that there, I'm okay doing it outside the top three hundred. Now that would be something for Dominguez. I don't know, man. NFBC style where there's no ILs. I, I just, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to be probably, moved to go for him in any way, even, shape, or even form. Like, a, like a twelve team standard roto like maybe one of the last guys on my bench if i've got al spots like you know i mean i guess maybe but especially in most of those leagues it's not like tout wars where you have unlimited il spots right like you've mm -hmm. got you got three maybe or one like and is that the guy you want to be putting on your il early on in the season no. when you know there's going to be right you know someone's exactly. gonna have a forearm strain and you're gonna want to hold on to you know whatever top tier pitcher gets hurt. and we don't know what he's what Dominguez is gonna be like when he comes like this is such an unknown I like Dominguez I was so excited man I was ready to maybe even overpay a bit on the hype because you know Yankees prospect uh hitting the ground it's running popping off but now I'm I think I'm fully out on Dominguez in just yeah. about every format right now. It's, Except Dynasty, you know, that's a whole different game. I mean, I think now it's time to buy low on in Dynasty. Well, you, let's you, let's talk that. Yeah. Let's talk Dynasty here, because this is probably the most most relevant uh for our purposes here of fantasy, because obviously you keep your whole team and everything. What kind of price do you think you'd pay? Like a uh, general idea. Like I uh, would you pay would you pay Mr. Flavor of the Month? We're actually going to talk about him in a moment. Would you pay Cole Reagans for Jason Dominguez? No, I want Cole Reagans. Would you pay... Who's a pitcher a little bit lower than him then? Would you pay like... Um, God, why can I not think of somebody that's like lower than him, but not just painfully lower than him than Reagan so that like you would definitely say no because all the guys I'm thinking of are way too like the next game name I thought of was Ranger Suarez that's too low I think yeah that's way you would too definitely low. pay Ranger yeah. Suarez for Dominguez you're not getting that what about what about a, like a prospect you know what let's let's loop in our next guy that we're talking here PCA Pete Crow Anderson gonna get called up by the Cubs here again we're still talking dynasty we'll talk about his his uh rest of season outlook here in just a moment but he is a defensive monster, just one of the best uh, outfielders out there. And it doesn't necessarily translate into huge fantasy goodness. We don't really know where his bat is. Now, he's had a great season, 20 homers, 37 steals um, in double and triple A this year for Pete Crow Armstrong. Do you think he's that that type of guy at the majors? Is he going to be that that type of guy? Because a lot of his reports don't suggest that he can be, you know, 2020, 2040, as it were, in the minors this year. And if you believe that he can be, then of course you would do the Dominguez thing. But based on the reports that we have, he might fall short of that. Would you do P. 
Pete Crow Armstrong for Dominguez right now. I think that is very fair. Um, I think they are, uh, I mean, they're obviously very different types of players, but I think they yeah. are, if you're just looking at like, hey, Dynasty. Well, maybe not, though. If Pete Crow's as good as this year, though, right? The power speed. I mean, I don't think he, I don't think the power. I, I don't either. I don't either. I just want to be clear that people might see these numbers and say, why is Paul acting like this guy isn't a monster? Plate skills, like he strikes out a lot. Pete Crow Armstrong yeah. does. Um, his walk rate's okay. You know, 9% at double and triple A. I'm, I'm fine with that. But you have to expect both the strikeout and walk rate to get worse at the majors. So if it's a 30% K rate and a 10% walk rate at triple A, and you're expecting both to get worse, that becomes a pretty challenged plate profile so um most of his great work was done at double a for pca and that's why i'm i'm kind of wet blanketing his season a little bit and i just don't want people to think that he's got the same sort of upside as dominguez so now with the injury it brings them closer and you think that one might be an interesting trade yeah i think i would probably lean armstrong um you, you would you would take pca yeah i think your so. dominguez but i think it's super super close uh and i think um what Armstrong has is that elite defense and that elite defense. Well, I know isn't a fantasy stat. It just keeps you on the field PT. Yeah. Yep. And I just, I mean, I think he's one of those guys that even when he struggles, he is going to play. And there is, you know, I think enough raw power. And I think we saw it at double a this year that, mm -hmm. Hey, and he made a swing change. Maybe it is legitimate. Maybe he's a guy who can hit 20 home runs at, the major league level and steal 25, 30 bags. Um, I, I do worry. I mean, 30% strikeout rate at AAA has me skeptical that that is with a 16% swing strike. Like the swing yeah. strike rates always there for Pete Crow Armstrong to say that the strikeouts are a problem. He rode some pretty nasty BABIPs this year, 351 at double A, 368 at AAA. And I don't know that we can believe in him as a mid 300s BABIP sort of guy for Pete Crow Armstrong. Yeah. So we have to be careful there. Let's talk about him rest of the way here. So Dominguez, uh, you know, maybe try to buy low if you're interested. If you have the patience, now's the time to try to get in there and get a discount of some sort. Um, P PCA, Pete Crow Armstrong, the rest of the way, what do you think? Where is he a pickup? A 15s, maybe. Um, you know, it, it, it always sucks when on a Monday, a guy gets called up and like, yeah. you don't get a chance to actually like get him for really, really cheap though. I mean, nobody's got money left or most people don't really have money left. So true. Like, and you're talking for the NFBC where you can't pick up a guy until they debut in the majors well, unless I mean, they were drafted and then cut. No, no. I'm talking about in weekly leagues where the fab is on Sunday. Well, weekly. Yes. Yeah. Weekly, but and, daily leagues, you can still pick them up. Yeah. And daily leagues. Um, I, I mean, I can't imagine they are bringing him up to sit. Uh, no, you know, especially with how good he is defensively. Um, I, I think he's going to play fairly regularly. So I think if you need speed, uh, you know, the Cubs are a team who like to run and he's got speed. He can walk. Uh, you know, if you're in, you've got some batting average issues already. He may not be the guy for you, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, in a day, if, if, if you're able to pick up a guy like a fastest finger league or it's daily fab, um, yeah, I think I'm I'm going to the waiver wire and picking him up just on the off chance that maybe he steals, you know, five bases or something like that in two weeks, yeah. and all of a sudden like he's helping you bust up the ranks. Yeah, Mike Talkman has pumpkined a bit. You know, he's still getting on base, but that's like literally it right now, taking a few walks. Other than that, you know, he had a big uh, four for six game here in September, and that that's really the only 
standout game that he's had here in, in about the last month of games, really. In fact, you go back literally his last 30 games here for Mike Talkman. It's a 194, 324, 247 line, and he was playing center field. Obviously, this Cubs team is fully competitive. They need something better there. And even if PCA only brings the defense, it's the right move. So yeah. he's going to play, and I think he can go for him in deeper leagues. But just make sure that your expectations are tempered. I don't know that he's going to be a game changer for you. I I noticed, so last night I started my projections. Mm -hmm. um, oh, you psychopath. Now I, mean, I respect it, by the way. Mostly what I was doing was, like, organizing my sheet, right? Like, I was... The yeah, getting some names and lists Getting names going. and putting eligibility on players right because yeah like right now if you go to fan tracks or you go to nfbc or you go you go wherever to like you know export a list of players um it's got last year's eligibility on it right um and so mm -hmm. i was just going through and manually looking up each guy christopher morell has not played in the field since like the beginning of august Oh, he's going to be UT only if he doesn't get a couple more games, I think, at like third base. Oh, um, and uh, and it just one of the ones I noticed where I went, oh, OK, um, you know, like now in Yahoo, he'll still, you know, he'll be eligible everywhere because um, uh, or maybe I'm, oh, I could be wrong. Yahoo has, actually, has light, lighter. He actually might be outfield eligible. I could. I'm gonna. Okay, Christopher Morrell, we're talking about here. He has. He, he, oh yeah, yeah. yeah Twenty-three total outfield him. games. All right, but still, he has not played the field since August first. Fifty DH games. He will not have second base. He's at eighteen there. He couldn't get it right. There's two. You know, chance for two more games for Christopher Morrell. But your point here is well taken. You know, if it's outfield only, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I lose, don't know if any league does he lose if any league uses time like, rest of the way with Pico Armstrong coming up and one less you know position he can go to. Well, he's not playing that much right now anyway. So yeah, you yeah, can you can only would. lose so much more, right? He started against the two lefties this week. Christopher Morrell did batted first against both of them, and then only played against one righty. He's already in a platoon. Yeah. And uh, does PCA bat left-handed? Uh, PCA. Is I think he does. In which case, this platoon is just going to yeah, continue. Lefty, yeah, he's lefty. Yeah, so you know, Morrell is just not playing that much, and you know, when he came up, there was excitement, and I get it because he has power and ostensibly speed, but he hasn't really run this year. Four for six, uh, twenty-one homers, but this is kind of guy that goes so ice cold, and now with his playing time, that that's pretty rough yeah. with Christopher Morrell there. So, um, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Anyway, with PCA. You can take a look at him. Obviously, we have a week to look in weekly leagues to see if we want him on the weekend, and we can talk more about that on Friday, or you guys can talk about it on Sunday. Let's move on. Did you see the George Kirby situation this weekend? I did. Do you not okay. do you not see my sign? I do. It says Kirby, more like Kerr not. Um, all right. I I have some issues with a lot of this. Oh, do you? Yeah, I sure do. Um, so basically, he 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 was saying that uh, he shouldn't have been out there for the for the seventh inning that he went out for, and that's where he ended up getting hit around a bit, gave up two more runs, couple hits, and in in post game comments said, you know, I wish I wasn't out there for the seventh. To be honest, I was at ninety pitches. I don't think I needed to go anymore. 
I'm actually okay with the notion of tapping out when you're done. I know the whole mentality of like, always say, yes, you're a team player. I think a real team player understands his limits and says, I can no longer give the team value here. My big issue with him is saying this in, in, in the media. Like, why are you doing this to the media? Uh, this is a conversation with management. And why not advocate for yourself in the moment and say it? So I don't like his form here. My problem though, is more so with the comments on it. Namely, somebody like Mark Mulder, who literally, literally called him a pussy and tagged him on Twitter. I will say this, at least you tagged him. Uh, you know, you, you can't you can't have the same phrase thrown back at you there, um, I guess, because you at least tagged him. But like, I think that's lame as hell to be to be tabbing him as weak, bad, pathetic. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to say I'm a bit surprised, pleasantly so, by Roger Clemens's uh, more measured take on it, because I think if you're lining things up, I maybe would have thought he would have had a more chud level take and he didn't he said this is tough to hear would not fly in the old days unfortunately this is how players are being taught with modern analytics what are y'all's thoughts i think that's totally fine from clemens and i think you can disagree with things here but attacking him the way that molder just outright did i think is horseshit personally where do you come out on this with uh with kirby i mean i i, I think attacking him and calling him a pussy is uh is out of line and especially completely it, it, coming from someone like Mark Mulder, who had six good seasons and then was totally his arm was done, fell like, apart. Yeah. Hey, brother, maybe if you had taken yourself yeah. out a few extra times, you might have had a yeah. career in your 30s. Like, yeah. how can how can Mark Mulder, of all people, not understand that? Like, maybe a little self-preservation would have yeah. would have been good. Again, I cannot back Kirby on bringing this to the media. And That's a that, bad move. And here's the thing. Like, I, you know, this is a little victim blaming me. Um, I, yeah, but I get it. at the same time, like when you say stuff like that publicly, you open yourself up to the criticism, exactly. right? Exactly. You could have just been like, you know what? I didn't have it in the seventh. I, I tired yeah. out, like putting it, not even taking any sort of ownership of it publicly. Yes. Like, you, you know, you want to go tell your manager, listen, dude, you shouldn't have kept me out there and then your your manager can fucking say well you, you know guys what? can deal with that yeah you need to tell me when i need to take you out if like, exactly. that's the case like but like yeah you should be doing this stuff behind closed doors because now i mean the internet's a, a just an awful place to begin with it's a cesspool and you know. invite this you yeah. know this is coming when you, and i know you're what you're saying about being victim blaming here and like obviously that's victim blaming is a, a bigger topic for for more serious yeah, things here absolutely. but yes we're, we're like saying you know you brought this on yourself a bit which i think in this instance we can say that yeah, right because again absolutely. he wasn't physically harmed or anything it's like when people say that about like what were you wearing when you were attacked or something that's when the victim blame like, talk is a, yeah, very important but you're bringing this on you yourself. have to know dude like, yeah. you have to know that you're gonna catch so much heat here and again why not advocate for yourself in the moment where were you uh, you know the go anti matt harvey matt harvey fought his way to stay in that world series game and you know we know how that went um but go the other way and say hey i don't have it like i know we might need an inning from you but i don't have it i think i'm gonna hurt the team you know i'm mentally done i'm spent i'm good and, and well, then you know and go from is, there let's be honest i mean in the moment he might have thought he did like this is this may be just a matter of like, hey, I'm getting shit and I don't want to take responsibility for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because like how many guys want to come out ever? Like, I mean, well, and that's the thing, I, though, too. And that's why I'm 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, I'm not a like premier athlete or an athlete pretty much in any sense of the word. And I don't want to come out of a game like ever. Like, no, I always and I, think I, and I'm I gonna get be that. better than the next guy coming in. But then if he said yes, he can't he can't then turn around and do this. Well, right. He, if he said yes he, in the he moment that he's he going to go out, he shouldn't. But people no, do. And that, that's but no, I, that's what I hate, though. And that's why I, that's why I like Mulder's stuff. And like, I get what Rogers is saying about the old days. This wouldn't fly. I get it. That was a bad mentality, though, to just keep going and and never relent, like, because you're going to let your team down. Again, don't you let your team down more if you go out compromised? Yeah, but you're just never, like, you in the moment, you're just not going to think that. These guys are egomaniacs. These guys, you know. Uh, the, yeah. We can be smarter than that, though. We can add nuance, especially Most in today's guys aren't, day. Though. Most guys aren't. Like, it's, I mean. No, I get it. Like, you don't get, like. My brother-in-law has this like trope that he loves to talk about with football and baseball. He's like, you know, like, oh, like, uh, you know, they played harder because it was against this team or they did this because they wanted to win more. Like all these guys, like these are professional athletes. They all want to win. They all have massive egos. They, you know, they don't get to where they're at by like not believing in themselves. Um, and so I'm sure on the mound, he thought he could do it. And then when he didn't, when he got off the mound, he was all like, oh, man, they let me down. Instead of taking the ownership of it himself, um, mm -hmm. you just don't voice that. Like some uh, a veteran player needs to take him aside and go, listen, I know you feel that way. It's OK to feel that way. But you don't say it. You, you said the yeah. quiet part out loud. And that was yeah. a huge mistake for him. Yeah. Now, if but fuck Mark Mulder, dude. If, yeah, yeah. If it drops Kirby's price at all in drafts next year for some reason, because you know how people love narrative oh building. God. Yeah. I'm going to have. Tough. I'm going to have all the Kirby. Like, I'll take every single one of them. Did you see? Like again, you know, Longhorn here, uh, uh, and again, the one Longhorn uh, impressed me, Roger Clemens. Again, I thought that was a pretty measured take from a from an old guy who could have gone full Boomer. He could have gone full Goose Gossage, and everyone would have supported him because people were jerking Mulder's response and thinking how great that was. Uh, but Houston Street, I thought, did you see his no. overly dramatic response? He frames it like a letter. Dear George, this was the moment every GM decided you're not worth the risk because you aren't willing to risk yourself for the team, which again, shut up. Uh, when you look back on your career and wonder why it was a best at best above average, don't try and figure it out because you have no clue what it takes. Sincerely, the big leagues. And then he puts in parentheses what I'd say to you if I was your coach or teammate. OK, Houston Street cool dude because he didn't have it in the seventh inning of a game and then didn't accept responsibility and, and said a shitty thing to the media he now no longer has what it takes to have an amazing career what a stupid fucking take like just so overly dramatic for no yeah. reason dude just give me a break with that I, I i just i i can't be bothered to to take this shit that seriously where it's like now this is a commentary on the career of george kirby shut up shut up yeah, I, uh, he shouldn't have said it he shouldn't have said it and, he, and he's catching heat for it he needs to talk with scott service um as i scroll down here i do see it says i recently read the apology and respect the gesture towards teammates in his organization so kirby apologized on some sort i'm unfamiliar with what that apology was so let me uh, see if I can find that. But yeah, he opened the door. Yeah, and 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 the dumbasses walked through. That that's the thing. You know, he 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 shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah. shut up, Mark Mulder. You're a clown. You're an absolute clown. Yeah. Anyway, 
Let's move on. You got your rant. Cole out. Reagan. Do you need? Do you take yeah. a breath? Like, are you okay? I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I'm we're good. not in the same room, but you know, I'm. Uh, you know, internet. You can feel it. Uh, yeah. I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's because it gives everyone like they get so excited. Like this is this is like such bait for the boomers to be like, yeah, dude, you're, you're not tough. And I don't know. It, we're seeing a lot of people jump on that bandwagon. Um, let's let's throw it back. It's to be speaking of old school. We saw an old school thing that was not cool. Cole Reagan's looking like Rick and Keel. Um, and we all remember Rick and Keel, you know, amazingly talented prospect pitcher, got the yips at the worst time in a playoff game. One of the toughest things to ever watch a, a player go through there. Even if you were rooting for the team it was against, I don't remember who the Cardinals were facing uh, when he had that meltdown. You had to feel at least a little bit bad as he was throwing the ball all over the place, Bull Durham style. George Kirby had, a, I mean, uh, Cole Reagan's had a little blip of that in Toronto where he fell down on two. He threw three straight wild pitches. Two of them he fell down on and it was very bizarre. Did you see this uh, when it happened? I didn't, for Cole I yesterday? didn't see when it happened, but I did see it after the fact. Um, what, what'd you think? Crazy, right? It, I mean, it's, it's scary because this is a guy who's had two Tommy John surgeries and all of a sudden, yes, he, he, like not being able to find the zone is not an appropriate like description of uh, no, 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 no. And, and you put the you put the tweet there where people can watch. In, yeah, in, that'll be in the notes. In the notes, so like people go click that and take a look. But um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty. It was pretty frightening. Uh, definitely be something I'm going to be watching uh, for his next start. Like, hey, is he six wild? walks overall? By the way, yeah. So like the the command was off all day, and then he has the these episodes here, um, and ends up giving up the tie or get, you know, get letting the game get tied. So he cost himself a win there, uh, which was frustrating for fantasy folks as well. You know, I think he, he's saying, you know, everything's okay. He only gave up one hit too. Right. So he's still really difficult. He looked nasty, uh, throughout most of the game. Cole Reagan's did, but six walks. And then this little episode here where two fall downs and then a third wild pitch, absolute insanity. Obviously there's no action. Like you're not taking him out this week or anything. No, right? I you mean, have to three of those walks happened in that inning. Yeah, so yeah, it, it was like that meltdown. There. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not like overly worried about it. Um, you know, I, I don't think there was any sort of like velocity issues or anything like no. that. And again, six punches, one hit, like everything else around it yeah. for Cole Reagan's was still hot. Yeah, I'm, I'm not overly, I'm not overly worried about it. Like again, it's something I'll you know watch for the next start. Uh, he gets Houston this week. So, yeah, I, I don't think I mean, I don't think I would sit him for that. He's just been he's been the best pitcher in baseball or one of the best pitchers in baseball for like over a month now. So, like, I, yeah, I'm rolling with him. I, you know, just something to keep an eye on, because if he does go out there and just throws the ball all over the place, um, his price, which was skyrocketing, is going to start to come back drop. down. Yeah. People but maybe gonna, for a reason, too, yeah. though, like. I don't want him. I don't want him to come out and fail and have the price drop. I'd rather pay full price yeah. of Cole Reagan's continuing the beast than have him, uh, you know, put these crazy questions about his command into our head and then that artificially lower the I, price. So I definitely, I, I'd rather I, he just goes out and dominate. I definitely want to go back and watch it, um, and I'm gonna try to find some time today uh, to kind of just go and watch it because, like, was this a thing of like, okay, he kept trying to throw the fastball and just clearly had no fastball uh control um or like are this on is this on different he said pitches he, like he said he caught his cleat twice 
okay. uh, on the two fall downs. But then he had the third, you know, the, the other one that that was just a wild pitch there. So, you know, and the, the, the thing you really worry about is the mental aspect, right? Yeah. Like, does this become a thing? You know, that's where the yips really get you is the mental aspect of it. You know, Steve Blass way back in the 70s with the Pirates. We've had some catchers. I think Mickey, Mackie Sasser was a guy who had some issues with it. Chuck Knobloch over at second base, Steve Sachs, uh, then Rick Ankeel. Like, we got some memorable ones because it doesn't happen that often. We do not want to add Cole Reagan's name to the list. Yeah. Right now, we're nowhere near doing that. Just monitor him. I think everything should be hopefully okay. And he thinks, you know, he just caught his cleat. No worries. No harm, no foul. Yeah. Uh, but it was bizarre, a bizarre scene in Toronto. It was for sure. really weird. Andrew Abbott won't start Wednesday. Uh, this seems like innings management. So don't, I might not put him in at all. I mean, they might just be moving him back. Wednesday was going to be his day. It's going to be Connor Phillips. They haven't said if he's going to start during the week, though. So I guess my, my question for you is then, are you, are you risking it? Since he's been pushed off of Wednesday and we don't know if he's going to fill in, you know, Thursday or on the weekend. What are you doing with Abbott this week? This is a tough week to miss because it's Detroit and the Mets. Yeah. Either team that he would go against would be a decent outing, but he's got 130-something innings, and I wonder if this is just a a full-week rest for him. Yeah, right now we have him pegged on Ross Resource uh, as going Thursday again. Yeah, everything just pushed him back. Rotowire did the same, but I don't know if that's true. I think I would risk it just because, I, I mean, I really like Abbott it, and all the starts – He's either if he does pitch this week, he's gonna get the Mets or the Tigers on the road. Mm -hmm. Both really good places to pitch. Um, yes, and so I think I would risk it, uh, but I definitely understand uh, people in weekly leagues not wanting to. Uh, they don't play today, so you get a little extra time. Just hopefully you have somebody else that doesn't play today, mm -hmm. which is rare, by the way, because it's a pretty full day. Yeah. So actually. The Tigers are the only other team that do doesn't play. So if you don't have like a Tiger backup, you can't really make the decision. You have to yeah. kind of make the decision on Monday. It's the, a very the 11th full week. Year. No teams have five yep. games. Uh, and there's a doubleheader today yeah. to make up for those two teams off. So we still have and, a full slate. And I think there's only one team or maybe two teams that have a five game slate the rest of the way. Like the rest any, of the way? Good. Any, Good. Any week, so. We got um, those out of the way. Yeah. Let's play baseball down the stretch here. I don't like the five day weeks. They're they're fine in, in in general, but I just you know I hate like when it's one of my favorite teams or or a team that I've got multiple fantasy. Like yeah. it, when Houston had one this week or this year, it was always tough because I got Bregman, Yiner Diaz, and Kyle Tucker, and I'm like, oh, there goes half my offense. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, well, and we're gonna talk some Houston here in a moment. Actually, right now we're gonna play a little hold and fold, uh, hold or fold rather. And I honestly could have maybe done like three Houston starters. I did two Houston starters and then a Philadelphia one. And, you know, it, it's it's tough decision time here down the stretch. And we can kind of pair the two guys together, Brown and Javier, who we're going to talk about because they've both been struggling and they both now landed. Would you believe this? They have exactly 141 in the third innings each and they both have a 478 ERA. I love the symmetry there between those two. But for those to both be at 478 tells you how bad they've been because these were two of the best guys going in the first half, Javier and Brown. They were excellent. Brown, 825 ERA and a 179 whip in his last six outings. That's outings instead of starts because there is one relief appearance in there. Are you going to hold or fold on Hunter Brown right now? I'm not talking necessarily about starting him. I'm talking about even having him on your team. Now, the tough part is it's Oakland this week. Yeah. So there's a real challenge, but then it's Baltimore after that. He's been bad. Where are you at on Hunter Brown? Hold or fold? I Oakland is so bad. Like, they are so bad. And 
I and he's actually pitched really well at home this season. Uh, Hunter Brown has, so mm-hmm. I think I'm. I think Oakland I'm, keeps me in person. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, I'm I'm wrong. I'm wrong. He's pitched really poorly at home. Oh, home's where he struggled. Uh, oh, yeah, I see this yeah, now. Oh, my God, yeah, 607, 164, ERA I, I whip I still combo. just don't know how you bench him for Homer's Oakland. Like, it's just... It seems really difficult to do that. He's a 383 Babbitt at home. Oakland doesn't strike me as the kind of team that's going to take advantage of something like that and keep the Babbitt going. Yeah, and but all three of his starts versus Oakland have been fantastic starts. Um, if he's... If he's modest or worse, let's say, let's say the modest bar starts at like six innings, four runs, right? So just shy of a quality start. If he's anything like that or worse for Brown, are you cutting with Baltimore next week? Yes, I think I'm cutting okay. no matter what. I, th- I think I am cutting after. This Oakland. is it. I think you, okay. you give him Oakland because the Baltimore starts going to be at home, and then mm-hmm. he would line. What's he got after that, or what's he line up for? Yeah, we don't know for so. sure, but what's he line up for? Uh, He's starting on Wednesday, so that means one, two, three, four, five, Wednesday, and then he's at Seattle. Uh, I I think I'm dropping him after this. So either okay, way, Hunter Brown, I'm 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 Oakland. Yes, mm-hmm. we're keeping him this week, but then we're probably moving on, even if it's a gem because of the matchups coming up. Now that's in shower leagues and fifties. I think he's still. If you're holding this week, you're probably still holding beyond. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, and by the way, the reason I didn't do three uh, Houston guys is one, JP Francis kind of smoothed out, but he also gets KC back to back coming up. Yeah. So that's why I didn't even include him. But Javier's the other one. 621 ERA, 162 whip in his last seven outings. Um, it's been rough. And and you can you can go back even further than that. Like pretty much his entire second half has sucked. Where are you at on Christian Javier? Because he's really been difficult to trust. I don't know the last time he's had a good start, Justin. What are you doing with Christian Javier? It's 558-144 for the second half, by the way, 50 innings. So Javier is the one who's been really good at home and bad on the road. And, of course, okay. he gets a road start. He gets at, a road start. At Kansas City. Um, and then he will line up uh, for a, the home start versus Baltimore. Again, like I just don't know how you don't use him versus Kansas City, and then I think you reassess because it would be uh, home versus Baltimore, and again away versus Seattle. So, um, I I don't know how you don't roll him out for one more uh, and and not you know just eat it if it's bad. But it has been. It bad. seems tough. Yeah. yeah, I mean to be quite honest, you probably should have dropped both these guys a while ago. Um, True, but it's just so. I mean, that's one of the biggest, tough, deeper the leagues, most difficult really, parts down yeah. the stretch is, is identifying these guys that were so good to you for so long, but they've clearly hit the skids. You know, with um, with Brown, maybe it's a a uh, stamina thing. You know, his first big full season here in the majors. That I'm not worried about Brown for the future, um, even one percent. By on the, the way, plus side, I mean, Javier has been bad for four months. Um, that's true. If you have been starting him, you're probably not competing right now anyway. <laughs> so maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, you've got probably, him. You've already yeah, tanked your yeah, team. It probably doesn't matter at this point. Well, so. the problem back in June, um, I'd say more three months, like his first two months were great. Four plus months. I get what you're saying. Cause September's already been bad. Yeah. Uh, but the problem back in June and even into July is there were gems mixed in with the duds was the problem 
Yeah. And, and and so every time it looked like, okay, we have to get rid of him, he'd go six scoreless or six innings, one run against the Angels or five and two thirds, one hit, two runs against Oakland, right? So that shit made it difficult to to feel confident on when to to get rid of uh, Javier. But since then, like the second half has just been an absolute nightmare. Um, I hope that you, you don't even have Javier anymore in a 10-teamer. Yeah, I think oh, he's yeah. long, long overdue for a cut there. All right, then our last one. And this one, the reason I ended up putting him on is because initially you look at Aaron Nola and you say, yeah, it's a 464 ERA, which is legitimately uh, rough, but it's a 116 whip. So you, you take the whip and you, you have win potential. He has 12 wins. But the reason I still decided to include him is because it's a 127 whip with a 518 ERA in his last 10 outings, which is which is the second half. 127 whip, it's not killing you, but it's certainly not great. So you're not even getting the good whip. It was a 111 with a 439 ERA in the first half. Should you still be riding Nola in shallower leagues right now? I mean, here's the thing. I, I You're at St. Louis. I think you probably need to just roll with him there. But then next week, you're home versus Atlanta. You're definitely not rolling with him there, right? Like I, I, I don't care if he throws a no hitter against St. Louis. Like I'm not, I'm not rolling him out against Atlanta. Uh, and I don't know if I love the St. Louis trip even. St. Bush is not bad to pitch in, but again, that Cardinals team. And then they you, get you. you finish with potentially it looks like a two step, uh, or actually, oh no. I think by the way, why, I think while you're looking that up, I think it's gonna be a two-step next week at Atlanta home versus the Mets. Ooh. Are you moved at all by Nola having a um home road split heavily disadvantaging him on the road? 518, 127 on the oh wait, wait, that's the second half, first half. 566, 130 on the road, 344, one flat at home. Does that influence your your trip to St. Louis with Nola a bit? Well, the I mean, the hard part is three of his last four starts are going to be on the road. It, if it lines up the way it, it should line up, and that's Red where he throw. sucks most. Yeah, and if an Atlanta start is included, yeah, um, you know, I cut Christopher Sanchez this week because he's lined should, up yeah. for back to back Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, so hold or fold on Nola. I'm I'm folding in tens and twelves for sure. Fifteens, it's still tough. I'm holding, but tough. I'm I'm also super stubborn and, and not very bright. So hasn't <laughs> <laughs> hurt you too much. You're 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 in the midst of a nice season. So some of that stubbornness is a very isn't, nice uh, season. It could be a very disappointing season as the pack has caught me in a number of talk leagues. about that one league. T- tell people about that one league that is like yeah. ten teams competing almost. I, I it's insane. Men- I did mention it yesterday on Okay. Pod, but yeah, uh, my main event league right now has seven teams competing. And when I mean Utter seven insanity. teams competing, I mean, as of today, uh, first place and the difference between first place and seventh place, I believe, is three points. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, and it is unreal. I started Saturday. Um in first place. I finished Saturday in seventh place and I'm currently in third place. It is, it is just unreal. Um, yeah, yeah. Right now. Yeah. Two and a half points is the difference between first and seventh. Um, right now it's going to be decided by the last game. And we're also talking about some of the best players in the world, you know, Matt Modica, Jason Anthony, um, 
uh, Batflip Crazy. Uh, Batflip Crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just Griffin Benger. Yeah, it's it's an Chris un- Fessler. It is an un- oh, wait, Fessler's not in the mix. Sorry, he's he's yeah. in eighth there. Go ahead. Sorry. It's it's just an unreal unreal league right now. Uh, the crazy part is it is an unreal league, and the bottom half of the league is filled with studs. Yeah. Like, you know, you do have some great competitors in the top, but then you got KJ Duke, Dusty Wagner, uh, Lindy Hinkleman, Gene McCaffrey in the bottom half. Yeah. Imagine if they had had good seasons, you know, you could have realistically had like 13 teams competing here. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's 105, uh, 100.5 to 103 from f- first to seventh is crazy. It's yeah. Um, it is further confirmation bias for me that I probably will never do another Vegas main. Um, it, the leagues are just so much tougher than the regular leagues. Like, uh, and I think yeah, cause the studs all go out there and us, it's unreal. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I, uh, you know, I had such a weird draft that like, I'm just glad to be kind of a part of things. And I, you know, I picked up a reliever just to try to, perf- you know, and I think I'm going to be starting four or five relievers this week just to, try to preserve my ratios, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and this is like a really important thing that people need to be doing, especially if you're in roto leagues, obviously if you're in head to head leagues, you know, it's, it's a little bit different, but in roto leagues, like you need to be playing to the standings right now. Like, and hundred percent, you should have been for a while. Yeah. And I, and I can, I can gain seven points in ERA and whip, and I can also lose points in ERA and whip. Um, and I can only gain like maybe a point or two each in strikeouts or wins. Um, and so, uh, and so I, I'm going really reliever heavy, uh, in, in that league to try to see if I can repair some damage. I've I Peter Lambert and other guys, Jesse Schultons did to my ratios this last week, trying to chase wins and strikeouts. And, uh, well, we'll see, we'll see how it works out. Um, I, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. It, what, what what's that? In 2020, I was in a league with Dusty Wagner. Dusty's in uh, in this league, and on the mm-hmm. last, I think it was the second to last at bat of this season. All the other games had finished. The Reds were the only ones still playing. Eugenio Suarez got a hit, and Dusty jumped me in batting average, and he cashed, and I didn't. And I know this is going to happen again. I, I absolutely know. And so, like, while I'm really excited to try to take this whole league down. I know the last at bat of the season, some knucklehead is going to hit a home run. Suarez, of all people, yeah, helping batting average, right? Off of one of my pitchers. Like, right now, I'm, I'm going to go look and see who the Mariners are playing on the last day of the season. <laughs> That's um, the team you're afraid of. <laughs> because Yonio Suarez currently now on the Mariners. So they're playing the Rangers. Okay. Um, and if you think I'm going to start Jose Leclerc or Will Smith the last week of the season, because I think they're both still on my team. Can't, can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. Like, can't do it. Like, because I know Eugenio Suarez will come up against Will Smith in the in the bottom oh, of the ninth lefty. inning. Yeah. You know he's cooking. You and know he's cooking. Hit a home run sure. and I'll be screwed. So, um, yeah, that would suck. Yeah. Uh, I, before we go, I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to go do my chat here in a little bit. I know you got some stuff to do. I need to thank you publicly on the podcast for putting forth an effort in our head to head league um, in the, you know, last week of the regular season, which was this last week, because you did, I made the playoffs. I was tied. Good luck. 
in I was tied for the fourth seed, but I did not have the tiebreaker. Um, and going into the last, I had week, a valiant fight. Yeah, going to the last day, we both had a six-four lead, and if it ended that way, um, I was going to be the last man out of the playoffs. I ended up pulling out a seven-three victory. He pulled out a six-four victory over you, uh, and I am in the playoffs. So good luck to all of you in the sleeper and the bust head. Yes, good luck to everybody. Uh, Y'all categories league. It is playoff time. I am hoping that I have just backdoored my way to a championship. I'm back in next year, though, ready to rock. Yep, me as well. I, I need, I need, need to be great. And you know what? I'll maybe have my lineup set for the first week. That that because <laughs> Yahoo be put everyone on the bench, which again, my fault. Shouldn't have assumed, but I'm, I'm not thinking that I have an empty lineup. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll be fine. I was not fine, and Justin couldn't even. Yeah, my my opponent let me do said it. he would have been fine. I was like, hey, do you mind if we put in some guys here? You know, I'm not trying to scam you or anything. He's like, yeah, uh, it wouldn't even let you. Yeah. Uh, like there's no commission mode to even get around it to even let you do that. And so it's like, okay, well, I pretty much lost that week. And then that snowballed from there. And I, I had a, I had a rough one, but, uh, good luck in that. Good luck to everyone in their playoffs, everyone trying to chase down these titles. Every stat matters. You know, we see it play out so often. Keep your foot on the pedal. Even me, you know, I, I told you guys, I've been fighting, fighting, fighting. I've actually evaporated a bit. Actually, teams have more caught me because my my standing in the overall is actually pretty similar to where it's been. But a few teams have caught me. Third is probably not going to happen. Then that's the cash spot in the NFPC. I'm still fighting for fourth, though. I don't give a shit. I want. Four, I fell down to sixth here. I want those four points back. I want to get into fourth. I don't gain anything for it. I just want to finish as high as I can. And that's all there is to it. I just want to keep playing till the end. Uh, but anyway, Justin, good luck to you with everything. We will talk more on Friday. Until then, take care. Take it easy.